my brain hasn't even had time to process that I read the book and here we are. Thank you for joining the Escape With Me book club. Escape with me, Sam Reiner. And me, Danielle. Into our most recent read. Come with us as we evade reality and go into detail about a new book. We'll be covering the book from beginning to end, so there will be spoilers. Today we're going to futuristic France and space and China and the moon. Because why not? They don't technically go go to the moon in this one. There is one chapter at the end. Okay. Lana's on the moon. The main characters don't go to the moon. The main characters don't, but the reader does. So here here we be. Published February 5th, 2013. Gosh, I was a junior in high school. I think you were a freshman in college. Yeah, I was in college. Gee. Scarlet is the second installment in the Lunar Chronicle series. With Cinder on the run, tensions with Luna are at an all-time high, leading to a show of power that kills tens of thousands of innocent Earthians. In the midst of all the deception, chaos, and bloodshed, one little red riding hood is searching for her grandmother and is about to meet her wolf. Surprise! It's about Little Red Riding Hood. That's why it's called Scarlet. Oh, I know. They are very obvious with it as well. Very. The main love interest slash bad boy villain. I don't know. Whatever he is. His name is literally Wolf. Yeah. We get a name eventually, but she knows him as Wolf. So we basically get a chapter from his perspective where he says his name and then it never comes up again. At least in this book. So he is but for a little bit of background, I don't know how you feel about Grimm's fairy tales, but I like Little Red Riding Hood, but not as much as Cinderella. And I feel like that's kind of how I felt about the book, too. I am such a Cinderella girly. I will watch every adaptation, even ones that don't make sense and are so far from being Cinderella. And Little Red Riding Hood, I think I've seen that sort of horror scary one. There's a classic type cartoon. And then the little bit from Once Upon a Time that you see. I don't do Little Red Riding Hood. Let's see. There's Hoodwinked. Oh, I did see that, but that has a lot of other things going on. It does. But technically, she's the main character or whatever. And Hoodwinked 2, which I did not see. And then Into the Woods, Mm. which also had Cinderella in it because it's a play with the Grimm's fairy tale. But Well, and it's like with Once Upon a Time. Does that count? The main character is Snow White. I don't know. Little Red does have her moments. Oh, she's one of the main characters. She's like one of the main four. There's a... Anyway, I'm not about to get into the characters into the woods. That's a whole other tangent. But yeah, she's one of the main characters. She's one of the few that ends up at the end of the play alive. Frankly, that should be something. Fair enough. We'll count that one. I mean, you got Rapunzel in that one. And she's barely there. I would not count her as a main character. If anything, her prince is a main character. Anyway, not the point of what we are here today to do. Um, Age level, this is still a YA, but we still get a paragraph of a content warning. Because why not? If it's good, why not? I'm starting to just notice the books that have longer content warnings versus the ones that don't. It's a fun game now. Going into these books and you're thinking, oh, this is totally fine. And then I list all the content warnings and I'm like, oh, I guess there is a lot of stuff in here. You're reading Cinder. You thought this one have a would have a less? No. I wouldn't say that. The series in general. I guess this also includes Cinder. Because I, I don't think of YA as having a lot of triggers, but some of them do. They gotta make you feel things. They gotta make you feel things, which requires 
Content warnings. Anyway, so content warning. Kidnapping, pornography mentioned, sexual harassment, torture, blood, racism, medical board, language, sexual assault, graphic violence, and death of a parent slash death of a grandparent who is basically a parent. Because her dad does die, but that's not nearly as sad as when her grandma does. Yeah, his dad was like a footnote. Even to her, she was like, oh, yeah, thanks for letting me know, I guess. Well, it's the same thing you have. You work at a store and you have a regular customer. You don't really know and you check them out one day and then you find out they're dead the next that's kind of the levels where she's like holy crap they were just alive that is so weird i am now considering my own mortality but not a lot of emotional investment in it that's how i felt and with scarlet's dad was willing to trade her life for her grandma's life and it's just like you skipped out let your mom raise your kids you clearly were a deadbeat pretty early on there's no mention of the mother i think she died when she was young. Oh, I mean, I assume that. Either that or she never knew. Now that I think about it, I honestly... Where's the mom? Disney. Where's the parents? Where are they at? I don't know if they ever said where she's at. They just talk about the dad. Well, it's obviously implied that the mom is dead, but I think they had to make the dad like Grand Mayers. It's French. Don't try. Just grandma. Yeah, I did terrible. But that way, so whenever he's a jerk to her and willing to trade anything and it's oh he's an alcoholic he's terrible so then we can only focus on we care about the grandma it's never said in the whole series that's my question for the author what happened to Scarlett's mom because you get the full backstory of everybody else you even get a lot of Captain Carswell's in the next book some of his past and stuff okay but he's a main character but he's like a side character guy he doesn't even get a whole book about him technically Scarlett also doesn't get a whole book about her either but still she's on one of the covers which speaking of which judge a book by its cover this book continues the tradition of the covers lying because the first book we were all like oh my gosh it's the cybernetics inside a foot oh she's gonna have skin grafted over her stuff no well wolf doesn't become a wolf why is there a wolf on the cover lies I'm angry. I don't necessarily be like, oh yeah, shifter fantasy, whatever. But I was still expecting an actual wolf based on the cover and nothing like that happens. At most, they're like, oh yeah, they still retain. Even the ones where she's on the moon and they're way more genetically altered, they still keep parts of their humanity. So it's not completely shifting into something else, but... It's not a werewolf though. The werewolf turns into a wolf. It's a shapeshifter yeah. thing. He and the other... I don't I can't remember what they call lupine something. Lunar subjects, frankly. They lie. It's lunar subjects, which I saw coming by this episode. Immediately. Lunar special operative or something like that. Yeah. But they're genetically modified lunars who are basically genetically, they had been humans that went to the moon and then got superpowers, basically. Kind of what had happened. Because generations back, these were colonists. And I guess the moon just messed with them. By electricity, man. I know. Which, once again, another series where if it had been magic, I don't think you would have liked it as much. But because it says it's a science... Terrible science. I'm in. But honestly, this kind of magic, because they downplay it. They make sure to tell you it's not magic multiple times. And they joke about it. And they're like, oh, well, why don't you just do that little lunar magic? And she's like, it's not. It's bioelectricity. Girl, this is magic. You need to call it bioelectricity or it gives them power. I mean, eh? Maybe for scientists to be like, okay, yeah, we need to focus on bioelectricity. The average person. 
is magic. How do I get internet at my house? I don't know. Is magic. Just in the air, guy. Is what it is. But anyway, yeah, the cover lies. Because the original cover had red hair and kind of a scarf, which is also a lie, because she has a hoodie. But I could forgive that. The new covers, with the faces. Also, the first book has Cinder having black, blue hair instead of having brown hair. What the heck? Anyway. Are there only two covers, then? So far. For the American ones, I'm sure you've seen a UK version or a German version or something like that. They usually have different covers than we do. But for the American releases, it's just that first round and then the second round. The point is, there's a wolf on the cover and there's not in the book. There's not even a dog. Also, you can't really tell from the small icon, but the book itself, her eyes kind of hit Uncanny Valley for me. They're just a little too big for comfort for me. I'm going to send you a close-up of this face and I want you to tell me that these eyes are normal. You're always dramatic about the dumbest things and I love it. I was trying to say you wouldn't do this podcast if I wasn't. But anyway, I just sent it to you. Yeah. The eyes are weird. Like, they're just a little too big, right? My husband doesn't see it. What do you think? No, I mean, I see I see what you're talking about. I think it's just because they're kind of almost triangle-shaped circle eyes. They're just a little too big, like just a little bit. And then it hits Uncanny Valley for me. My husband's like, they look like eyeballs. And I'm like, eh, but... <laughs> So that's how I feel about the cover. I feel lied to because there's no wolf. And so I thought there was going to be a shapeshifter. No. He does have sharp teeth and he is really fast and strong. That does not make him a wolf. Lies. The cover is lies. Ugh, just you wait. Wolf. What does that even mean? You'll never know. Actually, you will know. Maybe. Who knows? No spoilers for me. Liar, but okay. (laughs) (laughs) I try not to when I know we're doing a full series on stuff. Fair, but how many things have I heard about Scarlet before we did this episode? Okay. Just because you hate it. Closure. I did go back and add an extra star. So this originally had been a three star for me, basically every time I read it. And it's usually my skip if I'm gonna skip any of these books in the series because I'll usually do the entire series together. And a lot of times I just skip Scarlet. I don't know what it is because the audiobook is adorable. She's got a cute little French accent. You really feel like the anger and everything. And like when I physically read it too because I did it half and half on this time around. It's still cute and you still get to see some of Cinder but it doesn't click. And I think it's because usually I'm coming off of just reading Cinder which is my favorite or well second favorite because Crest is my favorite but we'll get there. Yeah, that's the next one. Don't you worry. It's coming. But something about this one, because I like the rest of the series so much more, it just makes it difficult for me to read this one or enjoy it as much. It's like, ugh, gotta get through it so I can go to Crest. But this time around, I did like it more than I usually do. Yeah, there is definitely something. And as I was reading this, I was thinking this too. When I read Cinder, I felt like every time I knew where the plot was going, it just took a random turn. And I was like, oh, crap. Well, this is happening. Well, okay. She's becoming part of this cyborg lottery. Oh, okay. Now her sister has the plague and is dying. Oh, okay. Well, they got the elixir. Oh, no. She still died. It was so much of a, oh my gosh, what is about to happen? Oh my goodness, she's running to the ball in this terrible dress and in this orange car, which I still appreciate. Gets there, calls her ugly, runs off, all of this. Even the things I could pick out. I picked out Dr. Erland really early on. I was like, I bet he's Lunar or how she was a princess and I picked that one up pretty quick. You know she's a princess, guys. Oh yeah, but that didn't take away from like, oh my gosh, what is about to happen? Like at the end of every section, it was something nuts. And I don't know, this one just felt predictable and safe. 
not in a bad way. It's not like I didn't enjoy any of it, but it's nothing that made me go, oh crap, what is happening? Girl meets bad boy. Bad boy is sketchy. She ignores this and goes on adventure with bad boy. Bad boy tries to convince her not to. Oh no, bad boy is bad boy. Except he's not and tries to save her. And in the end, they fall in love. That's Scarlet's part of the book. Very accurate. Good news is Cress is a little bit more of a roller coaster, so you might like that one better. It was just something in the pacing and the predictability of it. It just wasn't there. And like I said, it doesn't mean I don't like it. I agree. You compare it immediately to Cinder because it's the next book and you're like, well, Cinder was better. Yeah. It was crazier. The love story was, I mean, way shorter, but better. I'm a little concerned about Scarlet still. Scarlet has such a temper and is quick to anger and her her partner is Wolf, who is genetically modified to be a ticking time bomb. This is a chaotic disaster. When you see a friend who's dating a red flag and you're like, hmm, maybe not. Maybe don't do it. It's cute. And they wrap it up as this cute little package. But overall, I don't know. And Cinder and Kai is such a slow burn ridiculousness. But at the same time, immediately started to like each other. Oh, yeah, yeah. I just met Scarlet and Wolf instantly, even though she tries to resist him kind of thing. Not really. But there's this instant instant. And I think that kills some of the vibe too. I don't know. They can't all be low to fall in love, but it's like when your favorite TV characters finally get together. Oh, well, the show's over for me now. Yeah, there's not as much depth to it. But I also feel like they wrapped up Scarlet's plotline and Cinder's is still going. I feel like Cinder's, like, you got to the end, you're like, oh my gosh, what's going to happen next in her story? And then you had to reassure me, don't worry, Cinder's in the next book. So I was like, ah! But if I were to walk away from this book and not read any of the others, I wouldn't feel like anything's missing from Scarlet's plotline. Her grandmother's dead, they're running away from the wolves, but she's in love with this dude, so she gets away from that guy. That's the thaumaturge that's killed. What is really keeping Scarlet's plotline going? Versus with Cinder, I still feel like her plotline's going because it is going. But Scarlet's done. We could leave her somewhere and it probably wouldn't change terribly too much. Probably will because, you know, main character. But her plotline's wrapped up. She'd have to invent more plotline for her. But we've had Little Red Riding Hood, even in the parts where it's like, oh, the better to see you with when the one wolf was pretending to be the grandmother and all the other stuff. We're there. We even technically have the huntsman trying to kill the wolf if you want to look at Cinder and Thorn at the end being like shoot shoot so we're there it's funny you say that because technically cinder following cinderella is also complete if you're following the fairy tale she went to the ball she met the prince they're clearly in some sort of love her stepsister and stepmother are still evil yeah but then she didn't have her happily ever after staying with the prince versus scarlet who does get the man she's had her happily ever after you're gonna have to invent more plot to make scarlet more applicable i will say though i do appreciate, and especially after reading a bunch of Scarlet's chapters, I don't know how many Scarlet chapters it is until we get Cinder's viewpoint again, which once again, Dr. Erland, what is your plan here? 
No plan. At the end of the other book, I was complaining. I was like, oh, I'm so sad we don't get to see the jailbreak. Well, we get to see the jailbreak and all of it. How? What? And I get he had to leave quickly. But dude, you couldn't have made a rendezvous point if she didn't accidentally land up in the cell of this dude that so happened to have an illegal spaceship that he could take. What would she have done? She would have been caught. Well, and I mean, she was planning on just keep on going. She was just trying to escape go anywhere. But she would have done it. He also vaguely tells her Africa, which she does not go to in this book. No. Even though he's clearly like, hey, go to Africa. I can help. Doesn't give her any instructions. Good luck. Also, they misstate one of my favorite parts in the book, which I was sad about. Prince, oh, sorry, Emperor Kai sees the footage that's going on. So they get information and they claim it's Dr. Erlen talked to the guy. The guy was like, hey, you need to talk to the prince. And Dr. Erlen stood there and said, okay, and then went into conversation. No, no, no. He took a couple of steps. He turned around and he came back. I'm sorry. That's too funny not to have in continuity. I just love it so much. And then they misstated. I was like, what the heck? That was the best part. Because then once again, Dr. Erland is just, it's just not, I can't blame Cinder for not necessarily trusting him. Yeah. And she also is, what, 17? I want to say she's 16. She's 16? Yes. Scarlet's clearly older. Yeah. I'm pretty sure she was 16 in the last book. You tell a 16 year old girl who's scared out of her mind, just found out that she's lunar, exposed herself in front of the queen who is out to get her. Almost killed her. And then you tell her she's the long lost princess that everybody thinks is dead and is the rival of the queen and the true heir to an entire planet or moon. Because Luna, it's the moon. And you're like, good luck. See you in Africa. Bye. What do you expect her to do? Because he keeps, and she brings it up in this book, and I kind of agree because she's like, well, first of all, he hid from me that I was lunar. And then he tells me that I'm lunar. And then he tells me, oh, you're a special lunar and you need to not go near Levana. But of course, like, that's not enough for her to stay away. And then he walks up and is like, oh, and also you're Princess Celine. And here's a really cool arm and leg. Meet me in Africa. Bye. Good luck breaking out. Not going to help with that, even though I clearly could just use my lunar power that I know how to do. Why didn't they just walk out together? Yeah, that's all I'm saying. Figure something out. Convince the guard to put himself in the jail. So then that's one guard to deal with. There was a lot of options here that Dr. Erlen takes. So I'm not going to be mad at Cinder being like, I don't know if I can trust him. I want to find this other lady that's involved. I get it. While, first of all, plot wise, I'm like, yeah, Cinder, you need to go to Africa. That's the thing you need to do. But if you really take a moment, from her perspective, Dr. Erlen isn't doing great. From the reader's perspective, Dr. Erlen's not doing too great. <laughs> so yeah, she got very lucky, plopped through the hole in this random dude's cell. Thorn is obnoxious and I'm glad he calms down because he's like 20. Stop hitting on a 16 year old. Okay. To be fair, Thorn hits on every single female that he comes across. That doesn't make this better. That makes it worse. <laughs> I'm just saying. It's not like it's like, oh, because she's a young teenager and that's my thing. Okay, Jake Gyllenhaal. <laughs> 
I knew a Taylor Swift reference was coming. I just didn't know which one. I couldn't do it. I had to talk about Taylor Swift all the time. I can't help it. But yeah, you see how that's worse, right? Uh, he's so annoying. Sometimes he's okay. And then other times he's just like over the top annoying about it. He's not lovable about it. Like, oh, that quirky guy hitting on the ladies. Maybe I would have felt differently in 2013. But in 2023, I'm tired. My problem is I have read the whole series multiple times and so it's like a lot of TV shows where it takes them a while to really find the groove of oh no that's not funny or yeah that's kind of your thing but I don't know because it's not like he stopped flirting but he definitely spoilers gets a love interest good he needs one gosh dang it man take a cold shower yeah and it definitely helps chill him out and make him seem more reasonable but it's like NCIS is one of my favorite shows and Denoso those early seasons was rough. It's hard to rewatch because he's very flirty with every single person he walks across. Yeah, and doesn't quite have the goodwill yet to be like, oh, he's harmless. He's got these other good traits going on. It's kind of like McGee to me in that he's just like such a trope that he hasn't really developed beyond the trope yet. Yeah, both of them are just such tropes and eventually they have other skills and they get things like, oh, Dinozo has issues with his father and McGee who's writing a book and likes Abby who's the alternative goth girl and Dinoza kind of calms down because he has this weird thing with David and all that stuff. And so, yeah, it may take some books, but right now, I'm in season one and I'm tired for Kate. <laughs> she must have been exhausted. <laughs> Whenever they were paying her was not enough. Same with Cinder who is not getting paid. There's so many times where she's like, I just want to knock him out and I'm like, please? Just a little bit. Well, and I do like that they join up, but I love the little dude of Jacinder and Thorn for a little while. Because by the end of the book, obviously Scarlet and Wolf are also a part of their little ragtag team of runaway. And Iko, but she's a ship now. Oh, I love Iko still. There's so many moments. Little android, and now she gets to be a big, massive ship. Which she's not into. Not a fan. My favorite scene from this book is an Iko scene because she's so embarrassed to be accidentally eavesdropping because she doesn't have eyes. She's just a sensor. She is a ship. Oh yeah, she doesn't just hear anything out of any of them because she is ship. So she hears Thorn and Scarlet making out. Uh, you, no, no, no. Wolf and Scarlet. <laughs> so, yeah, sorry, sorry. Wolf and Scarlet. And it's so uncomfortable and she's so embarrassed and it's adorable. Ugh. She's like, Cinder, can you play me censors? And she's like, yeah, why? She's like, well, Scarlet and Wolf are being mushy-gushy and normally I like that, but it's weird when it's real people. It's like, oh my gosh, how many telenovelas were you watching, Aiko? How many Korean dramas were on your screen? She loves the net dramas. She loves love. She's so cute. My favorite is a little bit before then, is they do this big fight, and we'll get to it, but they do this big fight, and Aiko's like, is anybody hurt? And Cinder's like, everybody's hurt. Okay, that's a cute one, too. Oh, she's so cute. Well, anyway, this whole hot mess that we've just been dancing around and would make sense if you read the book, but if you were coming here to be like, should I read this book? None of that made sense to you. Scarlet starts out, and her grandmother is missing, and she lives on this farm with her grandmother, and so that's kind of her only support person. As we mentioned before, the dad kind of dipped because he's trash. The police are like, nah, we're not going to look into it anymore. She just walked off, you know, as old women are known to do. 
question mark? Anyway, it was probably something lunar related where they got that dismissed. But she's trying to act business as usual. And she's 18. And she pulls an 18 year old or actually a little bit younger, frankly, but she complains that no one cares. And then as soon as Emily is like, hey, do you want to talk about it? You seem upset. She immediately shoots down the conversation. Ugh, I need more Emily in the story. The self-destruction, though. She would be such a good, better side character. I thought so, too. You do get a couple of scenes with her. Scarlet is so anger and rage, and Emily is just a cute little sunshine bubble. It's like a black cat and a golden retriever being friends. Yes. But you don't get to see their duo other than Scarlet's dropping off some produce, and Emily is working because she's a waitress. Yeah, I definitely thought she was going to be a more important character. Kind of like in the last book, how there were several characters that became important, like the two stepsisters, the stepmom, Aiko, the prince, the prince's advisor, this doctor, all these other people became main characters. No. Yeah. I mean, Cinder and Thorin do come across Emily at the farm because they're looking for... What is her name? Michelle, the grandmother. Yeah. And that scene would be great if it wasn't, oh my gosh, you two are wanted felons. Please don't murder me. And then enchanted by Cinder to tell them information and then passed out. Yeah. She doesn't get a lot of time to shine. I, when I first read it, I thought they were going to take her with them and then she'd be reunited with Scarlet somehow. And it would be like, oh, here's this trio. I really thought that she was meant for Thorn just because Cinder's taken. Clearly. Clearly, Scarlet and Wolf are a thing. By the time they meet them, I'm like, oh, obviously, this is going to be his partner because NYA is like this. Everybody partners up. Somebody's coming for him. Yeah, but I'm kind of glad it didn't because their relationship would have started off with Thorne threatening to kidnap her because she's cute. Fair point. Yikes. Thorne, I was just starting to give you some goodwill and then you pull a major creepazoid. Not okay. He comes into his own as a character and definitely chills out on most of that. You need to calm down. Mm-mm. Can't do it. How many Taylor Swift references can we get in this podcast? We got at least two down, so let's see. So yeah, grandmother's taken. Scarlet sucks at her job. She meets this wolf, which Emily kind of called dibs on. And yeah, dibs don't really count. But I mean, Scarlet, no whatsoever adherence to any sort of girl. Code. She's just like, eh, I'm just gonna forget my friend exists, except for asking her to watch after the farm. Other than that, I'm kind of done with her. So let me go run away with this cute boy. Scarlet's not a very good friend. Well, she's so mean. I honestly don't think she would consider Emily her friend or think that they were, even though Emily clearly thinks they're friends. In that, like, oh, I'm grumpy and nobody likes me. Dude, Emily was willing to watch your house while you go run away and go find your grandma, and she's willing to cover some of your job stuff. It's that Meet the Robinsons thing where it's a flashback to him being a kid where it's like, hey, man, you want to hang out later? Hey, you're looking good. And he's like, everyone hated me. Yes, that. That's exactly how she is. So she meets Wolf and she's like, hey, tomatoes exist. And he's like, wow, these tomatoes are good. Love. Yeah, exactly. Love. But Wolf is a street fighter. So she's like, that makes sense that he's so strong and kind of quick. And agity. Fidgety and agitated. Agity. New word. You heard it here. Yep. Urban Dictionary. Look us up. (laughs) 
But yeah, so she has a tattoo and her crazy dad broke into the house and was looking for stuff, talking, rambling about somebody with a tattoo, kidnapping the grandma. Specifically a tattoo that was a couple of letters and a number, which immediately Scarlett's like, oh, this random guy. And I'm like, I mean, you're going to be right because plot, but that's not really enough information to automatically think it's this dude. (laughs) Some letters and some numbers. Do you know how many tattoos that could be? It's not even like, oh, it was a tattoo with LSO and a bunch of numbers. No, a couple letters and a bunch of numbers. That's about as good as information as Dr. Erlen gives, honestly. But anyway, yeah, dad's completely ransacking the house and being like, she allowed me to be tortured and her own son. Bah, 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 bah. And then Trolley tries to sacrifice Scarlet. So... Also, okay, oh, I'm scrolling through my stuff. So we're going to go back to Thorn, right? And Cinder is breaking out and she has a bunch of gadgets and whatever. It's the teenage thing of, oh, I could make use of x-ray vision. And it just, it, we're going to go on a Sam tangent real quick that no one else cares about but me. That's not how it works. I'm going to be pedantic here. X-ray vision would not show you boobs, guys. It would show you bones. Like, unless you're really into some rib cages, what are you looking at? It's x-ray. X-ray doesn't give you fat. Yeah, unless you were like some kind of fabric ray. Yeah, x-ray does not work. And so many 90s cartoons made that joke about x-ray vision. And it's just, I'm so tired. Bad science, guys. Sam doesn't like it. Stop it. Stop it. It's just dumb. Aha, so funny. No, that's not even how it works. Not only are you being stupid pervs, you're being wrong. That's worse than my book, apparently. Anyway, the whole dad thing's happened. And so Scarlet's automatically like, oh, Wolf did it. And so she goes and finds where he's been fighting and watches him fight or whatever. And you see the tattoo and it has L. LSO, and I wasn't really sure if it was LSO or LS0. And so I was like, huh, I wonder if it means like lunar subject or something. And then he's like, no, it's what is the dumb thing? Like lupine something? Is it wolf related? What does he call it? Lupine special operative. Lupine special operative. Yeah, because it's wolf. That's the joke. Which I do. Okay, in the beginning, there are a lot of them. I do kind of appreciate all the dog imagery and idioms because wolf, but they kind of drop those eventually because I feel like that would be a little much the entire book, but I did appreciate that in the beginning. It's just enough. It's like whenever Bella from Twilight was Googling, huh, what are werewolves? What are cold ones? What are vampires? And then Scarlet literally also Googles, basically. Special operative, something, something, wannabe, street fighter, the craziest stuff to put in a search bar. FBI has some questions. <laughs> yes, it definitely felt like that moment for me. And it also was like 2013. I don't know. It was just kind of funny. Yeah, didn't the second part of Breaking Dawn come out or something like that a couple of years before? Yeah. Teenage girls Google what species their boyfriend is. <laughs> It's weird that it happened twice. If I had a nickel for every time a girl searched the species that she's dating, I'd have two nickels. That's not very much, but it's weird that it happened twice. Yeah, that was what I was trying to do. I get your references. Oh my gosh. So yeah, goes to the fight and like, hey, you kidnapped my grandma. And he's like, what are you talking about? And she's like, you killed my, or kidnapped my grandma. You didn't kill 
that hasn't happened yet. You kidnapped my grandma. And he's like, what are you talking about? And she's like, you've had a tattoo on you. And he's like, oh, well, you see, I used to be in that group, but I am no longer in that group. By the way, I very conveniently left before your grandmother was kidnapped, so don't hate me. Okay, but he had to have known who Scarlet was. Oh, he did. No, it's very clear later on that that is his job is to go get Scarlet. He pretends. He's like, oh, I have no idea who you are, Scarlet. I don't know why they would kidnap your grandma. So weird. Don't hate me. That's what that felt like. Yeah, this whole time. I'm just, is he a broken out science experiment? How is he a wolf? And he's not a wolf. He just has animalistic characteristics. Speaking of bad science. So this is like eons in the future, like after World War Four kind of future, like 124 years since World War Four kind of future. Wolf packs don't work like that. The guy who did the scientific study where he said, hey, alphas and betas and omegas, those are wolves in captivity. He realized that and ever since then has been trying to redeem himself and fix the science because that's not how actual wolf packs work. They don't have any of this badness where it's like, oh, alpha, he's aggressive and da 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 da. And omegas are like the wimps and whatever. And you can dethrone the alpha by fighting. No, that's not how wolf pack works. You don't think that there are wolves in captivity? Okay, I appreciate that. That was a good question. That was a good point. Until you get that single chapter at the very, very end where Lavana is looking at some of the wolf pups, the little kids that are getting trained for this. They're underground. They're on Luna. They're hiding. And they're all together. I think they're wolves in captivity. I think they made the Alpha, Beta, Omega thing happen. Because I get what you're saying, because that study definitely proves that real wolf packs don't do it. But they're not wolves. It's not real. Counter argument to your counter argument, though. Bring it. Scarlet believes that's how wolf packs work, and she is a normal human being on this earth, so. She also Googled lupine street fighting wannabes or something. <laughs> In front of another guy who was suspicious. Let's talk about that scene. Okay, so he's like, oh no, it's too dangerous to take you to your grandmother. And she's like, no, we're going. He's like, oh, it's so dangerous, but if you must twist my arm, let's go to Paris. Suspicious. Scarlet, honey. At this point, somewhere along the line, I think this is when Cinder comes in. And I kind of, okay, let me give some credit to the author real quick. As annoying as Scarlet can be with her temper, I do appreciate that the author has two female characters that think, act, and react to things completely different based on their life experiences. Good job! Because you do get the back and forth between Scarlet and Cinder, and Cinder is much more reserved and thoughtful and stuff, and she still makes rash decisions like Scarlet does, but it's different. It's two completely different voices. If you didn't tell me, hey, this is a Cinder chapter where it starts being like, Cinder, blah 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 blah, or Scarlet chapter, I could just read those sentences with a different name and be like, oh, this is Cinder. Oh, Oh, this is Scarlet. So props. Cinder is so used to second guessing herself and trying to make sure she's doing the right thing because she would get in trouble from her stepmother. And with Scarlet, her grandmother, I mean, she was disciplined and you can tell that she had been, but she was raised to be a free spirit, free thinker, always question the government type person because of how her grandma was. Because the whole town people, they called her crazy, always spouting off stuff. And the girls definitely had completely different vibes. Yeah. 
yeah, neither of them really had parents, but Scarlett had her grandmother who loved her and Cinder, her stepdad died immediately. He is not a character. He was important to the plot, but it's just the mean stepmother that shows. Yeah. And so like I said, I do appreciate that. That's some good writing like right there. Always appreciate different voices because what are we at? We're at five different viewpoints in the second book. It's about to get real crowded up in here once we get through book four. Oh yeah, it gets a lot. And I don't think I updated it from when we had Lavana's perspective because at this point we have Cinder, Thorn, Scarlet, Wolf gets a chapter, Lavana, and Kai. So we're up to six perspectives so far. So I don't know how she's going to handle it later, but for right now I can appreciate that each one had a different voice. Although Kai and Thorn kind of sounded the same. Their thoughts were different, but their voice was kind of the same, which is whatever. They don't need to be that different. But for the most part, it's like you could tell whose chapter was what by the language. And so that's, I'm going to clap for that. Not going to clap for Scarlet sitting down at a place being like, hey, there's this weird dude sitting next to me. Drinks her drink. Wow, my drink tastes weird. Scarlet, concerned. And it apparently has something to do with his lunar powers being like, oh, you don't want to talk to me anymore. Go away. But I seriously thought we had a roofy situation on our hands when she drank her chocolate milk or whatever the heck it was. Yeah, it definitely was chocolate milk, though, because she's like, oh, it's not as fresh as I get it on the farm. And it's like, girl, we get it. You're from a farm. Talk about tomatoes no more. <laughs> Right. Well, and I think he buys it for her. It's a weird. She feels bad, but not guilty that she's kind of flirting with him a little bit. But not. It's a weird scene. And the only reason I'm going to give her some props is because Lunar Powers being like, hey, this isn't weird. But that scene was weird. And I feel like in retrospective, she should have been a little bit more worried. I don't know how Lunar Powers work. But from my understanding, once you get far enough away, you snap out of it. I feel like that's something you should look back and be like, huh? The wolves cannot control. They can only be controlled. Oh, then what the heck? I take that all back. That's like how shells are ungifted lunars. And that's why they were like, oh, Cinder must be a shell because that's why she's being so weird to her. No. Because Lavana pretends that she's a shell. But it's ones that are easily manipulated. That way the thaumaturge can control multiple of them. They have gifts, but they're weak. They're so weak-minded. It's all the guards, all the wolves. Scarlet would be able to be taken by a weak will. Oh, she's so weak. Even though she's one-fourth lunar, and I don't know if that means she has powers or not, but I have questions. Because I feel like at least her dad should. Half lunar? That's a lot of lunar. Well, and it's like some full lunars are shells and can't have any power. That's true. Do you think the dad might have had some, though? I don't know. Something about his alcoholism made me think that he had some kind of power. You never see any, so it's literally just me pretending and guessing. But I think he did. Scarlet definitely does not. Yeah. So this is the thing. Talking about lunar powers. They kidnap Michelle because, hey, you teamed up with this other dude to get the princess here. Where is she? She isn't really telling him. And so they find the princess because Cinder goes to the ball and confronts Lavina. And she's like, oh, well, crap. Well, here's the princess. I don't need all those people. Whatever. So they keep her around because the thaumaturge is like, well, how are you a mere mortal not being tricked by us magic wise and you come to find out she gets the same implant that cinder has where it's like a mechanical device robot something in their brainstem that keeps them from being magic with bioelectric 
electrical, blah, 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 blah. Why didn't Michelle give that to Scarlett? Well, because Scarlett was what, 12 or 13? I thought it had something to do with her spine too. It's in the spine. It's around the neck area, almost to the brainstem, but like a little bit lower than that. I think it's because she was growing. But so was Cinder. Cinder was younger and smaller. Huh. Oh, no. I think it's because she had all the trade secrets and they thought it was a mechanism to protect the princess. I don't know. If I was Michelle, I wouldn't be making a case for my granddaughter to not be brainwashed by lunars. I know, but I mean, what are the chances the granddaughter is going to come across a lunar versus Michelle? Very high if Scarlet is living with Michelle. This is a real lack of foresight on their part. They only had one. Did they only have one or are you just making that up? No. Sorry, I thought that came out in this book. They had two prototypes. Okay, because what I have been informed up to this point is that the prototype was created by Cinder's stepdad who died. And so it's like, yeah, I understand why 18-year-old Scarlet isn't getting one. But why wasn't 13-year-old Scarlet getting one? Even if it was a prototype, we doing this. But if they only had two, that makes sense. And then he died before, I think he was planning on either selling it or going to the market or mass producing this as much as possible, as quickly and as secretly as possible, it seems to be what the plan was. But dude died immediately. Yeah. And also, oh, This book made me so sad because in the last book, you're like, why on earth did this guy take on the princess, but also a cyborg daughter with how terrible his wife is? And you realize in this book, he's like, oh, but she's such a good mom to our daughters. And I was just like, oh, my heart, sir, you do not know who you're married to. Well, and honestly, if he hadn't have died, she would not have been as mean or mean to Cinder. But because Cinder got the blame of, oh, you went to Europe and then caught this and now you have this daughter for me to take care of, this burden. And I think if he had lived, I think she might have not quite treated her like a daughter, but I think it would have been different because it had the guilt and the blame of, no, you killed my husband. Because he also didn't ask her. He just brought Cinder home. Yeah, which is also not great on his part. Still, that scene just made me so sad with the dramatic irony that we know how it works out. And it's just Ah, she shows up in this book and I was so mad. She shows up with her stupid daughter that I also hate. Pearl is just trash. She's barely in the books. This is just a little peon, whatever. But they both show up to go to Kai to be like, oh, we think she stole the chip. And this is where you find out, as I was thinking last book, that the government is not the ones taking the chips. And oh, by the way, the chips aren't being taken for refugees from Lunar. And I was like, yeah, that would have been a ridiculous amount of lunars just escaping that Levana is just letting happen. I knew it was something like, oh, we have plants in the world. It's like, yeah, that sounds right. That sounds right. I knew it. Ugh, but I say that like that I have something to say with that. Nope, I was just right. You were. You did it. It is a little sad, though, because Cinder took Peony's chip because she was like, hey, I don't want just anyone to have it. And then they start tracking her through the chip. And that's how they end up finding her. And possibly how Levana finds her? Not confirmed. Kai thinks he's bugged his royal office, which I would not be surprised about. But it's not confirmed that's how she got the information. Who knows? 
was she just could have had operatives there that just so happened to see her or whatever but she is tracked and so she leaves the chip in a field and personally I would have destroyed it but that's just me but she just dumps it in a field so they can be like hey she was in a field they don't talk about this book I'm sure it's gonna come up next book so they're in space and they know that they're pinging other people on their radar but for some reason no one seems to be pinging them and she knows that somehow lunar ships are getting through because there are refugees and plants coming through that Earth doesn't know about. And so we have a question. She's like, oh, maybe I'm using my lunar powers to cloak us. But I highly doubt that's what it is. I refuse to answer any questions. Oh, okay. Then that's definitely coming up next month. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying not to. It's very difficult because I love this series and it all blends together once you've read a whole bunch of it. And it's like, wow, that was such a cool moment or a cool thing to think about. And it's like, oh, no, but Danielle spoiled it like two podcasts ago. Sorry. <laughs> I knew that going into this book because Danielle told me. So, yeah, they're on a train and then they're not on a train because the train stops because somebody has a plague. And it's like, oh, yeah, only an extremely important plot point from the last book, the imminent plague that's everywhere and everyone's dying. But we will make one reference to it in France. They got bigger things to worry about. Apparently. So they're on the train and then they're like, oh, no, we're going to be quarantined. And Scarlet's like, no, I am impatient. And so Wolf jumps off the train with her, which is the picture. The first book had Cinder running down the stairs away from Kai. This one has Wolf carrying Scarlet and jumping off the train. Then they huff it through forest and then by the train tracks, hoping eventually a train will come by that they can jump on that happens to be going to France. It got real lucky for them is all I'm going to say. It could have gone a lot of ways. But they go to, from the little town they're in to Toulouse. Thank you to the Aristocats for telling me how to pronounce that. Yeah, audiobook is the only reason I can say half the words I can. Anyway, thank you. So they get on another train and it works out. And I don't know why it works out because I really feel like anyway, they hide in cargo and somehow they don't get caught. And it was just very convenient. But that's beside the point. So they're in Paris. And the wolf leads them to apparently the bombed out section from World War Four. The Louvre got hit and a bunch of other stuff. So they go to this opera house, which I don't know enough about France to be like, oh, I know what opera house you're talking about or if it was completely made up because the Louvre was real. But they get there, they get in the house, and then, oh no, the bad boy's a bad boy. Ugh, that moment for me, though, is so difficult. She fully believes that he's just turning her in and is like, oh, the stupid human doesn't know what she's talking about. But even as he's saying all these words and she's clearly way overreacting, honestly, it felt like a Katniss Peta moment. Oh, I liked you the whole time and she punches him. That's what this moment felt like. But you can tell. You can tell that he's not actually on the bad side. It's one of those kind of predictable twists where I wasn't surprised when it was like, oh, I'm actually working from the bad guys. And then I wasn't surprised later when he was like, actually, I'm going to betray them for realsies. Not mad about it. It just felt a little borderline cliche. I saw where these tropes were going versus Cinder when I never 
knew what we were doing on that book. But like I said, this one was a little, a little safer with Scarlet's plotline. Cinders, I still had no idea what was happening. I'm breaking out of prison. We're on a ship. We're in space. We're now back on Earth. We go to a, okay, two of the world's most wanted criminals and they just walk into a small town's hardware store. With no money, by the way, guys. With no money! She doesn't realize she has no way to pay because she doesn't have an ID chip or cash and cash doesn't exist so it wouldn't have mattered anyway. But she doesn't realize until the power cell has already been rung up and he's like, so how are you going to pay for this? But also, Thorne is in jail for stealing, I mean, the ship that they're driving and other stuff on the cargo, but he's a thief. Plan this a little bit ahead of time and just have him steal it if that's what your plan was. But she has no plan. <laughs> no plan whatsoever. And then Thorne comes back and he's like, hey, what about this watch? And like any rational minimum wage store clerk would do, no. And so it ends up she has to use her lunar powers to be like, hey, take this watch. And then they run away. And then there was a dude that kept grinning at them. And I was like, uh-oh, that's a lunar. And then I'm wondering, there was a named guy in the beginning and it never really gets brought up. But I'm just curious, is Roland, who was the guy in the very beginning, who was rude and whatever. Not a character. Well, is he a wolf? Was that fight between Roland and Wolf set up? Because one of the guys that they describe, they don't give a description really of Roland other than he's this big meathead or whatever. So I'm just like, was that the guy in the tavern that turned into a wolf? It sounds like it, right? I don't believe so, but I do not know. But also, you think wolves can fight another wolf? I feel like it was set up to be like, oh, look, I've protected your honor by fighting whatever. But no one actually got hurt. I'm just saying that might have happened. Maybe not. But that's where my mind was, was whoever attacked her in the tavern was Roland. I would not be surprised. Yeah, I don't know. I like to think that Wolf actually had fled and was trying not to be in the pack and then reluctantly went back because he had Scarlet with him? No, I totally believe he was sent there. And that was the mission because he got mad at her. He was like, what did you do to me? He was mad about it. So that makes me think he was following the plan, got there and then was like, well, crap, I can't do this. I'm not going to allow this to happen. He was there for what, 11 days or something like that? Just doing fights, just eating at the diner. He was one of Emily's regulars. Well, a two week regular, but still, he did not see Scarlet out. I believe, and you you guys can comment in the comments and let us know whose side you're on. It's me because I'm the correct one. I think he was there on purpose. Mm-mm. I don't think it was a coincidence that he just happened to frequent the diner of the place that Scarlet dropped off food. And then it was just this huge display. I just think it was all staged. Anyway, Wolf, there are other ways to get someone a chip beside forcing French kissing? Little traumatic, sir? So romantic. Don't take that away from me. Uh, no. Girl, no. I'm not letting you keep that. Not cute. I get it. But like I said, there were other ways. Also, is this chip waterproof? This feels like a bad plan. Maybe future chips are different, but I don't think you should get it wet. And mouths are pretty wet. All the things. You were just like, this is the idea. 
okay, whatever. She's just really leaning in. Pretty hardcore to the stereotypical quiet, bad boy-esque dude, but he's not really a bad boy. And he meets a girl. I do kind of like at the end where they're like, oh, we're both alpha personalities. I'll take that, alpha personalities. And that's why they're good for each other or whatever. Okay, I could see that because she would challenge him. Oh, yeah. I am very glad they didn't make her his beta. Because you see that and I'm thinking specifically of True Blood because they also have werewolves or whatever. It's like, oh, it's the alpha and then the beta is usually the female that is with him. Which is definitely not even how the fake science worked. (laughs) I love that. It's a terrible show. So that makes sense. But, uh, oh, I'll be your alpha. You be my alpha. Cute. Because I could have gotten submissive and gross. Which is not Scarlet. So that would have made me mad. But no, I do like it. It's like, oh, they challenge each other. Okay. Fair enough. Not a dynamic I would want to have. But if it works for them. It's just so fiery. It just seems like it would get exhausting between the two of them. I do hate it a tiny bit that she's the fiery redhead. That's her thing. Oh, huge stereotype. Immediate stereotype. I knew it. Hair is a man. It's always the angry redhead. You're so fiery, just like your hair. Ah, ha, ha, ha. But also, I'm still not sure. Is he colorblind? Because she makes some kind of joke. Because he's like, oh, Scarlet, nice name or something like that when they first meet. She's like, oh, very funny. My name, like my hair. And he's like, wait, what? Your hair? Does he not know that Scarlet is a color or can he not see her hair? No, I think he was legitimately like, oh, that's a nice name. She's like, oh, haha, yeah, it's my hair. And he was like, oh, no, that was not my thought process. I think that was legitimately trying to compliment her. And she's like, haha, my hair. And he's like, oh, that's not where I was going with that. I don't think he's colorblind. That would cause so many other issues that did not come up later. Oh, I know. I just, such a weird, I don't know. I guess I was overthinking it. Because I was like, are dogs colorblind? Yes. I want to say they say blue and yellow. Anyway, no, I don't think he's colorblind. All this crazy stuff is happening. The train, she gets kidnapped in the opera house, the whole chip thing. And then she sees a grandmother, which, oof, that scene was rough. Not because, oh, this is rough writing, but emotionally yeah. You know the grandma's not going to live because what's she going to do? Be a part of this teenage team that's hanging out and clearly going to meet up and try and save the world together? Well, maybe. Why not? Even Dr. Erland, him being a part of the potential team. What a weird dynamic to add to this group. Although for a little while, I was wondering if Dr. Erland was... Scarlet's grandfather. And then it was like, no, it's this other dude. I was like, okay, that would have been weird though. But that was the only lunar at the time that I really knew. That would have been hilarious. That would have been another secret Dr. Erland kept from Cinder. But yeah, this whole thing, she's in the theater house when Cinder comes a knockin' because she's looking for Michelle because she's just tired of Dr. Erland's BS, basically. She's like, I've just found out I'm a princess and I'm the only way to save the world. But goodness, I just wanted to leave my house. I had enough responsibilities as it was. I need some time to cope and understand and I really don't want to go see Dr. Erland because he's not the most trustworthy person, which I can't blame her for. Once again, plot-wise, come on, Cinder. But emotionally... 
yeah, that's about right. And so she decides the only other person she knows that has had any contact with her as princess is Michelle, because the actual grandfather of Scarlet went crazy because he wasn't using his magic. So he offs himself because apparently lunars go crazy if they don't use their magic. Interesting evolutionary feat there, but that's beside the point. So she decides, oh, I'm going to go talk to Michelle and find out who I am, except that she's like three weeks too late. I know. So close. So close. But Michelle has been kidnapped, and by this point, Scarlet's been kidnapped. So we get a fight scene where, okay, here was the moment where I started going, oh crap, once again, Cinder is in the restaurant that Emily works at and that Scarlet delivered to and the military police show up. The police showed up and saw the big ship and Aiko was like, hey guys, the police or whatever. And they're like, oh crap, because they're leaving the hardware store. And so they're going up to their pod ship that got them there, two police officers there. And I was like, oh. So they decided to go into the restaurant, try to blow it over. And then three military cops show up. Hey, are you pee? because they've been tracking Peony's chip because stepmother told Kai, hey, she totally stole this chip. Oh, by the way, please give us money as Pearl just bats her eyelashes at Kai. I can't. I hate them so much. But also the mom tries to flirt too a little bit and it's like, what are you doing? Flirting for her daughter's sake. She's trying to be charming. I don't count it as flirting. I count it as trying to be charming. Yeah, it weirded Kai out, but it weirded me out because it was his POV, so. Everything was weird about that situation, but the information was good. So that happens as she's trying to magic her way out and then wolf attack and then death. A lot of death. And then the attacks start happening around the world. And what is it? Like in two hours, 10,000 people die? Goodness. I don't know how big a dent that is in the population because we know like World War Four has happened. A lot of war has happened. It seems like there's overcrowding in New Beijing, but there's a huge plague going on. So it's like, eh? Is it over? I don't know. So I don't know the population in general, but still 10,000 people. That's nothing to knock at. And they estimate it's like less than 400 people. And I think Levana says it's like, closer to 250. Yeah. And then like 60 of them died. And then one thaumaturge, which is the thaumaturge that was controlling the group in the opera house, because Scarlet escapes and then almost gets attacked by Ran and Grandma provokes Ran into killing her because Scarlet's not going to leave the opera house without her. So she's like, then I need to die so that she'll be able to run away by herself. So that happens. Very depressing. Very sad. And then Ran starts attacking her and then Wolf shows up and Wolf starts attacking him and apparently he was sent there to kill her and the grandmother and he was like I wasn't sure about what I was gonna do until he threw you into that fountain and then I was like no and so he starts attacking Ran and he ends up killing him and I'm just saying could have saved yourselves a lot of trouble if you just let him do it at the lake instead of being like no we don't need to hurt him okay Scarlet I get it but okay which immediately makes me think of so that's his brother yeah which he mentions yeah he mentions his parents and I'm guessing they're normal lunar people because it makes it seem like around the age of like 10, 11, a little less than 12, they get kidnapped and, or not kidnapped, but they join this special forces and then they're forced to genetically change and stuff. So I'm wondering, I guess his parents were like normal lunars because he was like, yeah, my parents are cool. I didn't really get a choice about this, such and so forth. 
But he kills Ran, and then Scarlet's running away, and then he's about to attack her, and then she's like, no, you don't want to attack me, you love me. And then Cinder hits him with a dart, so he passes out, and will no longer be useful for most of the rest of the book. Okay, riddle me this. So that happens, and then they're trying to get to the ship, and they try to get Wolf, because Scarlet's like, no, he's with us! And they're like, okay, you're crazy, but we'll still grab him. So they're making it back to the ship, they're almost there, and then Scarlet runs in, and she's a pilot or whatever because she can pilot stuff because of her grandmother and she runs out and oh no Cinder and Thorn are being surrounded by the thaumaturge and the other people and at one point Thorn is trying to shoot the thaumaturge but the thaumaturge makes him turn the gun on Cinder so Cinder decides to use the dart on Thorn instead of the thaumaturge I would have shot the thaumaturge well I think it's because she wouldn't have been able to actually reach him because he would have just thrown one of his wolves in the way could have been at least this way my friend won't be the one to hurt me and can't be controlled to hurt himself either yeah that's how I took it that could make sense that wouldn't have been my first instinct but that was her first instinct so Thorn's out so now we got two bodies and whatever and so Cinder manages to control one of the creatures and be like, hey, move these onto the ship because there's no way she and Scarlet can do it. And apparently that's really good. According to Wolf later on, just trust me, bro. But apparently, oh, it's so hard to control them and the Thaumaturge has to work so hard to control a small number. And so the fact you were able to wrestle one away from the Thaumaturge without any practice, really, you're so powerful. I now totally believe in your powers. In fact, you should be the real queen. He turned his alliance real quick. Yeah, well, they only respect power, so. I guess that's what you want to call it. But honestly, she could only control one. How many can the queen control? Apparently not many. Because in her chapter, she's like, oh, this would be so hard for me to control. So I don't know. It's interesting because we get Lavana's perspective and she's looking at her army. And of course she's like, yay, my army that my parents started that I have completed. Woo. But also it kind of freaks me out because if they all turned on us all of a sudden, there's no way I can control them. Didn't think that one through, did you? We're going to put a pin in that because I think that's going to come up later. Probably in my mind. I'm not going to make you spoil anything, but I'm just going to put a pin at that. So they get on the ship. Aiko, Aiko saves the day. I thought it was Scarlet until later Aiko was like, did I do a good job? The ship fights back. The gate is down, the little walkway up into the ship. And so she just starts moving around and hitting them with the ship. If I was Scarlet, I would be freaking out. It was so good. Oh no, the ship is moving itself. What's wrong with your broken ship? Major malfunction, but it works out and it's awesome. And that's the only thought Maturge that gets killed because of all of the ship nonsense. But yeah, this is this is the point where you get Kai's perspective again and he's watching reports of this and you learn that the Eastern Commonwealth apparently includes China, Japan, India, and the Philippines. I don't know about any of the other countries in between them, but at least those four, because it mentions the capital, which is a little funny because it's like, oh, new Beijing, but they still have Tokyo and Mumbai and what? No new Tokyo? No Neo Japan up in here? No. But then that 
made me question because they were like, oh, here are some other cities that got hit. Moscow. If Russia isn't part of the Eastern Commonwealth, who is Russia a part of? Europe? Is Europe counting Russia? Is Russia split in half and so Moscow's in the European area? What about Turkey? Is Turkey in Europe or is it part of Africa? Is it close enough to Africa to count? Because it's obviously Cairo's Egypt and Egypt's in Africa. But what about Turkey? I did not look at a map. (laughs) Fair enough, but... Because they say, I'm assuming not every country is in the Union, so I wouldn't be shocked if Saudi Arabia was like, no, we're not part of Africa or part of Europe. But Turkey is specifically mentioned as one of the places that gets attacked because they attack Istanbul. Mm -hmm. So I'm curious. I just want to know what those are, and I will never get answers to that, and that's fine. I will just always have questions. But this is the point where Kai is like, no, we must stop the bloodshed. Can't do it. So he does a stupid, Queen Levada, I'll definitely do the marriage alliance with you because it stops the bloodshed. For what, man? Like a week after you're married? Her plan is to have the Eastern Commonwealth and then declare war. This is kicking the can down the road. This is putting a band-aid over an infected bullet wound. Half a Taylor Swift reference. The infected is not in the song. But this is a terrible idea. Whatever. Kai was soft. I always knew he would be like, yes, we need to do the marriage alliance or whatever. His advisor should have been the emperor. There were points in Cinder where I liked the guy and then there were points where I didn't like the guy. He's good in this book. He's like, no, let's talk about this decision. And Kai's like, I've already made up my mind. Then he's like, then let me stand here and support you. And he's like, no. And I was like, oh. That was a good advice. But yeah, he's like, yeah, we're getting married. And so apparently that's going to happen on the next full moon, which is September 25th. I have it written down. I don't know what day we left off in, but I know September 25th is coming up. So that happens and then Cinder's upset because he makes the announcement. And then Scarlet's like, well, this is all your fault. You should have just been taking over, you know, you 16 year old. How dare you not already have an army at your wake? And Cinder's like, dude, I haven't even known a week. And Scarlet's like, what? And I'm just like, Scarlet, you're stupid. What was your grandmother's dying wish? Tell her she's the princess. For all you know, Cinder still doesn't know that she's princess. Yeah. Scarlet, I don't know. I also am a tiny bit mad that more characters didn't assume that Scarlet was the hidden princess because she was raised by the grandmother who was Michelle Benoit and was about the same age. Yeah, it's weird that they didn't come knocking earlier because they were also like, hey, there's no hospital records about her being born because she's a quarter lunar but they don't know maybe she just says she's 13 it's weird I mean granted once you saw them you'd be like oh yeah that's not her because she doesn't look at all like Cinder but it's weird that no one came knocking earlier if Scarlet had been the lunar one that actually had powers and was Cinder instead whatever she could disguise her appearance so even if she was just formed and broken and all of that from the fire she could still look like a normal human girl. Very true. Red would have been a bold choice if you were choosing hair color, though. Well, it's like Adele's like, when I go out, I wear neon colors so people don't recognize me because sometimes you just gotta go extra. There's a whole theory. Oh, one person was like, huh, maybe you're the princess. That's it. And that's only because Thorne's like, oh, is she the princess? And Cinder is like, maybe. Yeah. Because you gave me a warning in last book. You were like, oh yeah, next book there's a whole plot. Oh, is she the princess? So I was expecting more people. And then it was just Thorne. And the only reason Thorne thought that is because Cinder was basically lying. And by the end of the book, she's like, I'm the princess. And Thorne is like, 
well, okay, that happened. But yeah, now that you mentioned it, it is, well, maybe, maybe there were people checking him out because we've established there's at least like three wolves in this small, tiny town keeping an eye on her. I still think Roland is a wolf and he was a regular at that place that she always was at. I'm just saying, maybe they were keeping up with her. The world may never know. But I don't know. So they get to the end and Scarlet and Wolf are like, we're in love. And Sunder has a heart to heart with Aiko. And she's like, okay, here's my things I need to do. I need to train with Wolf so I can get my powers. I need to find Dr. Erlen and I need to find the Lunar Programmer. Cress is the third book, so I'm assuming she is. But my goodness, the ending scene was so annoying. Click, 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 throw chip. Click, 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 click. I wonder how you're gonna find it. Click, 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 click. Swear to goodness, if she does not use this decom chip and then she doesn't use it and I'm just like, ah! It's a direct link. Chris was in the first book. She's not in this at all. No! I was totally expecting her to plug it in and ask Chris to... No. Click, 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 click. Ah! Negative one star. No, I'm kidding. I added a star. You can't take one away. I do think I gave this four stars, though, because I don't think it was as good as the first book. But it's like I said before, I don't know if it's the pacing or if it's just the safe choices. Like I said, you could see the relationship coming from a mile away. That is such the trope, the stereotype of what a bad boy with a hot-tempered girl is going to be. But also a little bit, even if she wasn't hot-tempered, because that's kind of what happened with like Bella and Edward, and she definitely wasn't super alpha. Anyway. He's a bad boy, but not really a bad boy, because if he was really a bad boy, we'd... Actually, I take that back. That would have been more interesting if we ended this book and they were still on opposite ends. I don't know. It already would be dragging that and Cinder and Kai's not quite whatever. I guess. That would just be two to bring through. We already got six perspectives. Mine as well. But yeah, it really wraps up very nicely. I don't know what you're going to do with Scarlet. <laughs> You've wrapped up all the emotional plot lines with her. She doesn't have a dad. She doesn't have a grandma. She's dating this dude that's no longer whatever we've kind of milked this drama cow for all it's worth so we'll see i can't talk but i can see why you're like this is my least favorite yeah i don't know something about it can't quite put my finger on it so one question for the author i'd be really curious how she picked the order of the fairy tales because the order is cinderella little red riding hood Rapunzel, Snow White. Cinderella worked so well for the first book and the concept. But at some point, she'd be like, okay, next I'm doing Little Red Riding Hood. And I wonder how she picked those, that order. Yeah, well, and when you're thinking about like the most popular ones, I feel like Little Red Riding Hood is not high up on the list. I definitely would have gone Snow White immediately next if I was just picking princesses. Yeah, you don't got a Disney version. Oh, I mean, Into the Woods. But really, though, you don't have a Disney version of Little Red Riding Hood. Well, and it follows with the plot because they do slowly collect most of the characters. They can't have everybody immediately on the ship. And if we didn't get Scarlet, we wouldn't get the perspective of one of the operatives, which is a huge plot at the end of this about, oh, now Kai has to sacrifice himself kind of thing. Cress could be here next, like Rapunzel instead of Scarlet, but... Yeah, because they actually had a conversation in the first book. Yeah, it kind of a tiny bit might have made more sense to do that one. Even like plot points that are in the next book could have happened with or without Scarlet almost. I don't know. I don't know about your book, but I know in my book there's an Ask the Author section about Scarlet, which has some really good questions and answers. Rating. I'd give it the beach episode of an anime out of 10. It was fun. It was adventurous. There was romance. 
didn't really have a lot to do with the main plot, but it was a fun time. Oh, that's a good one. Thank you. Well, because I was thinking about the musical episodes where it's like, you kind of skip it, but you can watch it if you want. Doesn't add anything. I like how we basically thought of the same thing, but a different genre. It really is, though. It's almost out of place, the storyline. <laughs> yeah, it kind of has to do with what Lunar's doing now, but not really. Cinder's, what, a fourth of this book? Not quite a half. But a good chunk. But it's mostly Scarlet's story, which makes sense, because it's her book title. But I will give this a awkward first season pilot that you just have to suffer through, because you know it gets better. You gotta put in the work out of 10. Except this is an awkward second season. I know. It's like the writer's strike season. Oof. Yes. Ugh. Terrible. Would you read it again? I would read it again. Especially if I'm going through the whole series. Like, that just feels right. Granted, it is rather skippable because the only thing that changes between book one and book two is Kai is now engaged to Lavana. And also, now Scarlet and Wolf, who you do not know at all in the first book, are now on the ship with Thorn and Cinder. Besties! Honestly, Thorn being picked up as a character has more to do with the plot than Scarlet. But that's okay. They're fine. I like them as characters. I think I like Wolf better than Scarlet, although they're kind of same vibes, but it's fine. I'd read it again. You begrudgingly read it again. Well, and I was looking at it, I still, even with skipping it sometimes, I've still read it like four or five times, not counting this one. Yeah, and I still don't understand. You were like, oh, I'm gonna read this one physical. The one book you don't like. So my brain said, hey, you didn't come right off of reading Cinder. You're starting fresh. I love the writing style. I love the author's tone that she sets with the different characters. They feel like different people. Scarlet just is a little too angsty for me and her character is a little too hard to love. She's very reactionary. Yeah. It's over the top. Some of the stuff Cinder would do or a couple of the other girls, maybe maybe mostly just Cinder. It's like, oh yeah, I would do that or I would maybe think that if I was in this situation. And Scarlet's always off the handle for no reason, just real fast. Uh, I don't know. Maybe chill out. I do have to say when I was reading this rare in the beginning, I could tell immediately. I was like, Danielle doesn't like her because everything she does is the opposite of how Danielle would react to the situation. She's crazy. So fast about every thought. And it's not like, oh, she's angry. She does have a lot of anger, but uh, angsty. Very reactive. Yeah. To be fair, her grandma's missing. She's basically become a semi-orphan, has to run the farm by herself and keep it going for her grandma. So she's been doing that for like two weeks now. She's had a hard life before that. But yeah, there's so many core things where I read it and I was just like this is the opposite of what Danielle would do. Crest is a little spacey and then Winter is even crazier and I wouldn't do any of the things either of those people would do most of the things because they're more the innocent cutesy instead of the I'm abrasive just to be abrasive so I don't seem like Cinder. Fair. And then it's her love interest too. Wolf has cute little redeeming I don't know that shy innocent bad boy thing going on but that's usually not my type either so I don't know Kai made sense and some of the others even Thorn as ridiculous as he is once he grows into that character I would be friends with them I would know them I would not I think care about Scarlet or Wolf if they were real people I think they'd be too much for you they're too much I can't so not a surprise at all but favorite of the series so far I'm gonna say we both like Cinder yes for all of the things belated to this point. Yes, of the two books that we have both read together, 
But I just want to point out, it's not bad. None of it is bad. I don't want anyone to think, oh, this book is bad. It's good. It's just not as good as Cinder. Yeah. So much plot happens, yet no plot happens is the thing. So much story happens, but so little plot. Yeah. You get caught up in Scarlet's feelings, and Cinder had hardly any. A ton of terrible stuff happened, or she was forced to repress stuff. Her sister died, and she barely got to really, truly feel that because her stepmother had more emotions than her and Scarlett's allowed to feel every single thing that she thinks which is a lot for someone like me because I also repress my feelings and emotions like Cinder so also can't cry yeah like I said I was not at all surprised when I started reading this I was like I see exactly why Danielle is like "Mm -mm, not this girl you don't have to be the most likable person in the room but you definitely have to I don't know gotta at least try a little bit figure it out yeah thank you for exploring Scarlet with us. Join us next time when we'll be covering Daughter of Smoke and Bone by Leilani Taylor. I'm Sam Reiner. And I'm Danielle. And we hope to see you and a friend here next time. Escape with Me Book Club is a Lunar Skull production. Check us out on TikTok or Instagram to keep up to date with us. Lunar underscore S-K-U-L-K.